0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, October 5th. That was awful. Hope I didn't make your ears bleed. But anyways, as always, of course, with the weird intros, my name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out a follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel, you know, oh so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or whatever, and I'll do my best to get back to you, send your little thoughts, send me your memes. You can do it all. You can hit me up on the Gmail too, which is locked on padres at gmail.com today's episode guys is brought to you by built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order and guys speaking of firsts we're going to be talking about the first time that the old padres have advanced in a playoff series in quite some time since nineteen ninety eight, in fact. Now, you might think by the sound of my voice, because you guys are used to hearing me just go nuclear rocket launch silo to the moon, excitement and energy when I'm talking about the Padres. Especially since they just won since the first time since ninety eight, just like I said. But there are two reasons for that. One is because it happened on Friday, so I guess you could say the excitement. It's just not at the all-time high moment anymore. So I don't want to, you know, try and do that. And also because I'm not in the best of moods right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just a rough last 24 hours. So I'm just not as high energy as I usually am. But fear not, my fellow Friar faithful homies. We are still going to be recapping this game. Just giving some of my thoughts on my highlight notes on it. And then talking about a very specific man... Who deserves a whole lot of credit for this series win. And then previewing what you guys can expect for the rest of the week. So it's a really cool show for you guys today. So let's get started. On Friday, the Padres defeated the St. Louis Cardinals by a score of four to nothing, as you all probably know. And look, if 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 there's there's two main things that I'd say. Are the biggest highlights of Friday, right? First one, which is a little bit less uh, as crazy, I'd say, in terms of kind of a thing that just happened to go our way, is just Cardinals' defense was not there. They had their own, like that Texas Rangers team back in the playoffs, back in like 2015, 2016, whenever that famous Blue Jays series was, when they made all those errors in that one inning. Don't get me wrong, the Pirates were in control for most of the game. It felt like it felt like they could not hit really uh, anything that. The bullpen was throwing, but really, it just that that was just one of those innings, man. With the error by Colton Wong, a throwing error, which allowed um, Trent Grisham to reach, um, and then they end up walking Fernando Tatis because honestly, it makes sense. Instead, you allow for the force out at every base and whatnot. And then Manny Machado reaches on Tommy Edmonds, the fielding error, which was at first just so depressing, because Manny actually, low-key, low-key storyline, not the best playoff series for him. He basically just had that one solo shot home run, which was huge, do not get me wrong. It was a huge moment, for sure, and him pounding his chest, oh, I love the swagger, but it's just in actuality, hasn't been as amazing in the playoffs, batting 143 right now. Which is pretty much the lowest with to the exception of Austin Nola and Eric Hosmer, are probably the only ones that have been worse on a batting average level. And Edmund basically he misses third base. Um on the throw. First of all, it wasn't the greatest throw, but more importantly, it just he did not tag the third base, which is just a mental kind of lapse. I know it was it's a tough play, high leverage situation, so, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't the most disastrous play, I guess you could say, but it's it's still understandable. You know what I mean? But uh, hey, it ended up working for us, and then Hosmer gets to draw the walk, which allows another run to come in 3-0, and then we have the nice little Jake Cronenworth homer um, in the bottom of the eighth to kind of put a cap on the offense for the evening, which is great. Jake Cronenworth, by the way, guys, he's been pretty awesome in the playoffs. Currently batting 625 with a triple and a home run to throw in there, as well as a couple RBIs. Really good stuff from him. He's been awesome. Even a stolen base. I'll throw the stolen base in there, too. He's been just absolutely amazing having a real uh, great uh, end to his rookie season, I guess you could say. His potential Rookie of the Year season. So he's probably been the Padres, one of the most uh, consistent offensive players for the team, especially when it just comes to getting on base. And that's pretty much the, the big thing of the game is just the, the the fielding errors by the Cardinals. So we did get lucky on that one. Maybe it's not as satisfying as it was on Thursday when they had the home run Palooza and Slam Diego returned, but it's still, heck, I'll take it. And you know what? The Cardinals, they've, they've had their moments before, so I'm sure that, you know, I don't want to hear the Cardinals fans complaining too much, you know what I mean? We, after all, didn't even have our starting pitchers. And that brings me into my second point, which is the bullpen was phenomenal. Not just... Phenomenal doesn't even describe it enough honestly because, and check out this, never in at least 121 years had a team won a playoff game by shutting out its opponent while using 9 pitchers. That's right, the Padres used 9 pitchers on Friday. Craig Stammen, Tim Hill, Pierce Johnson, Adrian Morejon, Austin Adams, Luis Patino, Emilio Pagán, Drew Pomeranz, and Trevor Rosenthal. Again, all those guys. It was just a dominant, dominant showing. And I noticed that a lot of people, somewhat myself included, not really. I actually was kind of like, eh, okay. Is when they announced that Craig Stammen would be starting off the game, which was met by a lot of a uh, dissent. I guess you could say from Padres Twitter. And I understood it. Craig Stammen has probably been one of the more disappointing, not even disappointing, just the the more notorious relievers in the Padres bullpen, despite it being so good. And you know. I understood it, but I guess I understood the strategy because the strategy I essentially believe was, all right, Stammen has not been good, but let's get him out early first because it's not like this was a day that was going to be a starting pitcher day. It was going to be a bullpen day. You were going to have to probably use him at some point, so it made sense, and that really, you know, paid off for us as he went one and two-thirds innings, uh, looked fine, only gave up a hit, no major, like, kind of things, didn't walk anybody, which was great. I even thought they might have taken him out a little bit early, but it didn't matter. Austin Adams looked pretty good. You know, he did his best, like, the Nelson Lamette impersonation by throwing those sliders and getting a strikeout on them, and I know he did that the previous days. He he looked cool. Just a nice random guy that we got in that, I believe it was the Austin trade, just one of those extra side piece players to kind of bolster the bullpen, I guess. He kind of uh, was doing really well for us there, so that was really great to see. And then, of course, Adrian Morejon, he gets two strikeouts, and Trevor Rosenthal kind of is the last one to close out the game as he gets three Ks, which was awesome to see, especially since he has not been so great uh, in the postseason so far and really just it's this whole thing is so impressive you know yes I just told you that stat about how you know only it was actually in fact not only has it never happened in the postseason like 100 years there's only been one time in a regular season game that nine pitchers combined for a shutout that's crazy it really is but really what makes it even more impressive is when you consider that all these guys or at least most of them pitched in game one and game two. Austin Adams had gone two-thirds of an inning uh, just the other day in game two with 16 pitches. Pierce Johnson, he actually went in all three games. He went an in inning for each one with a total of 39 pitches overall through the three games. Adrian Morejon, he threw 55 pitches. Emilio Pagan went in each game, and I know, right? I forgot that Emilio Pagan even pitched in each game. It's kind of crazy to think about that, considering that he's another one of those Craig Stammen types that makes you nervous. He ended up throwing a total of, of 60 pitches throughout these three games, so he must be, he needs the rest, he's needed these days off, and Patino you brought in, Drew Pomeranz went all three, Garrett Richards went games one and game two, Trevor Rosenthal went all three, not as great in the first two games, but then did get those three Ks to kind of shut it down, and Matt Strom, who I believe was a little bit hurt, a little bit banged up, we'll have to see um, maybe if they replace him in the roster, depending on how the bullpen session goes, but you know, he was still pretty good all things considered, uh, really just kind of that workhorse uh, bullpen guy that we, we go to every now and then and has been pretty consistent this season so that's really those are the, really the two big things man an unbelievable all-timer like literally never before seen unprecedented kind of bullpen showing uh by the Padres and then just a bunch of fielding errors by the Cardinals that thankfully the Padres are able to capitalize on and Jake Cronenworth stays hot you know what I mean he's been probably our best pitcher in the postseason so far which is really great considering that he hadn't really had a last good month in September and I just want to say you know With all the celebrations in the streets that I saw on social media and all that, it just emblazoned my heart with pride. And, and, you know, after all, it's it's been a while since the Biders won a playoff series. Like I said, in 1998 was the last time they won one against the Atlanta Braves when they won four games to two and then ended up getting sweeped by uh, the Yankees. Uh, it's been so long, you know what I mean? And even more importantly, it's been a long time since we beat the Cardinals, as you all are probably familiar with, which is why I was so nervous to potentially face them uh, when I did my little playoff look ahead, is that they beat them in 2006, 2005, and 1996. 0-3 there, when it comes to play the part, uh, the Cardinals, the the playoffs, the Padres are, and you know, as a Chargers fan, sits basically forever. I understand that feeling, man, of knowing that teams that are in this situation, you know what I mean. They, you know, it's. I've been a fan of the Chargers and they've gotten, they're famous for having injuries all the time. You know what I mean? They literally just this year, they lost their best overall player probably before the season even started for the entire season. And this is just a team, the Chargers, that rarely seems to overcome those type of things. So I can understand from that perspective that Padres fans would be cynical seeing that they don't have DeMelson Lamet or Mike Clevenger. And they still end up pulling it out with all these relief pitchers, some of which you don't necessarily trust. And a lot of which had already pitched in Games 1 or Games 2. Uh, so really, it's just an unbelievable moment, an unbelievable thing to see. And I understand the excitement. I understand all those videos of people. Some people might be saying, relax, you only won like a, a wild card series. Like, you know, hold, hold your horses. Some people might say, but to that I say nay. Unlike all you Boston fans out there, or all you you know, maybe even Dodger fans, this doesn't happen so often for the Padres. You know what I mean? So it's really exciting to see it finally unfold. I love seeing Tatis dance in the parking lots and all that, getting hype with the fans. Hosmer, Machado, like there's clearly this energy around this team that's really not really the case with any other team. It's kind of unparalleled in a lot of ways, and it's been it's so exciting. It's one of my favorite sports teams, honestly, that I've followed across any sport. It's just been a blast. I mean, seriously, I cannot get enough of watching this Padres team. And hopefully, you know, when it comes to the news about... Uh, the aforementioned Clevenger and Denelson lament. my big take on that right now is I think that they really overstated Clevenger and I think they understated Nelson lament because from what I heard, there's a chance that Mike Clevenger actually might pitch in this series, which my apologies, my fair faithful homies. I know I said that he was done for the postseason potentially, but that's what was said when it first happened. So it seems like they didn't really necessarily... Uh, um, diagnose that or spread that correctly. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is just my fault. Maybe I am just an idiot. But bottom line is, he might pitch in this series, which is exciting. Apparently, through a really high uh, intensity bullpen session just the other day, as in Sunday. I'm recording this on a Monday, so hopefully we get some good news. We might get some news by the time uh, this podcast drops. Maybe a little bit later on, and definitely by Tuesday morning, we'll probably hear. You know who's going to be available. And the question is, I don't know. Hopefully the bullpen guys are ready again, because in that case, we're probably going to have to use Chris Pat again uh if we don't have lament L- L- and clevenger uh which is still you know what i'm not even thinking about that right now i'm just so happy that they're here in the first place you know onto the dodgers onto the dodgers as they say and you know what else makes me happy guys it's a good old thing called food you know we, we, and it's any type of food by the way it, c- it could be wine you know what I mean? It could be, it could be sushi, maybe, maybe a little sushi sush uh, at 9 p.m. on a on a Tuesday. Who knows? Maybe on a Monday. What? Y- your burritos, your hamburgers, whatever. Guess what? You know what's the best way to get all those things delivered to you? You just Postmate them. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver it. Oh yes, they can. They're the largest on-demand network in the US and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you, that's right, anything to you. Download the app for iOS and Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners, that's right, our listeners, so listen up! They're giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Pretty lit, right? I can't believe I just said lit during an ad read. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. When when You download the Postmates app. And now, guys, for the second half, the second bit that I want to talk about is one, I'll probably end up talking about how much I love the Padres again and how much fun this team was being. But most importantly, we need to do a little ode, a little tribute, a little just congratulations, a little respect. I guess you could say, a respectful service to Sir Jace Tingler, the manager, obviously of the Padres, because throughout the whole season, at least in my opinion, you guys could tell me if I'm wrong. Of course, I would love to hear your thoughts. I really think that he's been kind of an up-and-down sort of manager. I've I've been on the record of saying that I think managers, not that they don't matter, but I do not get all that feisty and crazy and upset about them. I just heard that Bill O'Brien, actually, of the Houston Texans got fired. That one I actually understand. I do not think that's just a scapegoat situation. My take, why is it that every single year, the thing that makes your star quarterback better, why is that they keep losing it? For a better offensive lineman to literally your best receiver, who's on the Arizona Cardinals and looks literally unstoppable. So I understand that right but in the case of someone like Jace Tingler, my thing is like, look, man, at bottom lines, people have to play better. People have to pitch better. So while there were some, you know, criticisms of him using the bullpen early on in the year, maybe some lineup uh, things that people disagree with. Maybe people think Jake Cronenworth should actually be the leadoff hitter, which, honestly, the way he's playing right now, I actually agree with that and think that he probably should. Even though I think Grisham has a better eye at the plate overall, I think that Grisham has been, I think, hitless at all in t- total of the postseason. He's managed to draw a couple walks, but he really hasn't been that great. You know, as much as I like to complain about about, you know, guy the big stars that don't come through Trent Grisham has struck out twice with the bases loaded so far in the postseason. It actually might have been more than that so I, call me crazy but it might have been more than that. Anyway uh, Tingler deserves a lot of credit because like I said this is the first time that someone's won that postseason game with all those pitchers being used and that means that at some level you gotta give them credit because that means you have to know the right matchups, you gotta know which guys to trust to face which hitters. Don't get me wrong, this ain't the 90, the 27 Yankees, you know what I mean, that the Pirates are going up against. The Cardinals offensive low and just not being a great offensive team kind of caught up with them. It looks like in Game Three, but still, you got to give Jace Tingler credit, especially for certain like kind of bold moves. You know what I mean? You navigate the series where Nolmet and Clevenger are both hurt. You're two star starting pitchers, and both Paddock and Davies they don't even last three innings. So for you to navigate that, for you to choose the right relievers at the right time, you deserve a lot of credit for that. You know, it's you gotta give some type of credit to the manager considering how much of an unprecedented type of victory uh, given the circumstances that the Padres went through. And I think that we need to ignore some of the other, yeah, yeah, maybe, like I said, the lineup things are a little weird, but I think bottom line is, and I felt like this was the case during the regular season, a lot of experimentation going on. Nowadays, I don't think that it's safe to do experimentation. Now you just gotta go with whoever the best players are. But you know, when he starts Mitch Moreland instead of Jerickson Profar, which receives a lot of flack, yeah, I get that, but he kind of, you know, he He put a good swing on the ball when it was against Adam Wainwright, and then he ends up putting Profar in the game later, and that leads to, you know, some good base hits and whatnot from him. So, bottom line is, I think he's just been making the best decisions the whole way through, and look, like I said, I do not like to blame managers for basically anything. I think that oftentimes they're scapegoated, and it's just kind of like, you gotta do something real, real bad to get me upset, and in this case... On the opposite end of the spectrum, he did something real, real good to deserve an unbridled praise, unparalleled praise for being just an awesome manager for the Padres. And it s- clearly seems like they ride for him. I saw this picture with um, with Craig Stammen. You know, he gave Craig Stammen a big old hug uh, at the game, uh, game three, because I think he knows. He knows how much he struggled this year and how much he's kind of the bane of Padres Twitter's existence. You know what I mean? A lot of people hate on this guy a lot. And for him to come out and really be awesome and really be awesome for those one and two-thirds innings was really breathtaking. And honestly, just kind of emotional to see. Look, my favorite thing at from from the series, obviously, is from Game Two. I'd say my favorite, like singular moment, is Manny Machado's, you know, shaking off the plate, saying, "Oh, these pitches aren't gonna work," and then hitting a fastball or I think it was a slider that just kind of hung up a bit into the bleachers to tie the game. That's still my favorite moment of the series overall, but it's a close second to just give some praise to Jace Tingler's bullpen management. And just using the right guys in the right situations, I feel like I'm repeating myself, so I'm going to kind of uh, sub it up there and just say, bottom line, Jace Tingler, nice to see that he hasn't been awful. That's how I view it. If you're not awful, then as far as I'm concerned, I'm all right with you. So shout out Jace Tingler. Going to be interesting to see what the Padres do against this Dodgers team, which is unbelievably stacked. But, you know, in a way, what's funny about this Dodgers series is they aren't necessarily as stacked on offense. The Pirates have actually played them pretty well when it comes to the offensive side of things. Obviously, Mookie Betts is their best player. He's been a beast, but guys like Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy and even Corey Seager, just some numbers on those guys, the season statistics that they had versus the Pirates this year, Bellinger's batting 179, Muncy 125, and Seager 207. I especially expect the latter to do a little bit better since I believe Corey Seager has some of the hardest hit ball average in the entire league among shortstops, so I think that he's still someone that I fear. I actually think he might be underrated at this time, but just because of the Tatis explosion. You know, I think a lot of people don't pay attention to the shortstop for the Dodgers right now, but bottom line is I'm looking forward to seeing how that series goes, and what you guys can expect is I'm going to be doing a crossover with my arch nemesis. You guys have heard me talk to him before. He gives me crap on Twitter all the time. He's a troll man, but he is awesome. That's Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers. Going to be super exciting. We're going to be recording that tonight actually, because we want to wait a little bit longer to see if we get any news on Lament and Clevenger, and just kind of being really excited about this series, and I think one of the most exciting series that's still left in all the playoffs is still this one. I think that the A's and Astros is a close second because those teams clearly have beef with each other. I'd say that's a really exciting one, and I guess Miami's still got a little bit of an intrigue as this unicorn weird team, I guess, in the background. Yankees, Rays, eh, whatever. You know, I feel like the Rays kind of got that one in the bag, you know what I mean? So, anyways, um, those are my thoughts for today, guys. That kind of about sums it up. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. I actually, have to, I have to admit, guys, doing the podcast today uh, cheered me up just a tiny bit cheered me up just a tiny bit i am not in a very good mood right now it's, it's very hard for me to get through this but i'm happy to be doing this as always and i'm happy to be doing it for a team that has not been good at a long time not to give myself all the credit uh and for them to be advancing to the pod to face the dodgers in the nlds looking forward to that if you guys would also if you want to send me some good reviews maybe that'll make me even happier you can go to do that on the itunes app but until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care